Welcome, everyone. It's the X Factor Files podcast. I'm Daryl. I'm Philip, and, and we have strong feelings about gummy bears. We do. Um, we were just talking about how they don't mix gummy bears really well in the variety packs. Yeah, they like injecting them into layers, and then you get all the lemons and oranges, and then all the pineapples. Fun fact, Madrox here eats the pineapples first. Yeah, I want to get them out of the way. Pineapple, yeah. least favorite. Which is how I eat a lot of things. Yeah. Like, you want to save the great thing for last. Yeah, but like broccoli, don't actually like it. Only eat it because it's good for you. Oh. Get it out of the way early oh. and then move on to the good stuff. Which would be what optimally after broccoli for you? A sweet potato. Okay. Or carbs. Yeah, carbs are good. Sorry for that gummy bear tra- tangent. We're here in July 2006 for issue seven. Oh, still on the on the farm. Still in the middle of summer. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think back to like 2006 and that summer. Nothing really stands out other than just like everyday stuff. Yeah. I think I tried canning peach jam and did the inversion method. Now I just use a water bath canner. Oh, how did it turn out? Good. Oh, okay. Peaches from Missouri. Get them by a lug, which I really want to do again. Dear listener, did you know that you can can peaches in apple juice? And I enjoy dropping a whole stick of cinnamon in the quart as well. Oh. And then it just sits there. And like it's not super sweet because it's apple juice. And you get a nice strong cinnamon note. So it's really good with yogurt and granola. Interesting. Or you can just freeze it from, to make a pie. Like, mm. making a peach pie in February is great. What a treat to have it, a summer fruit. It is. Remember growing up when you couldn't get summer fruits out of season? Yeah. I distinctly remember having strawberries, like, two months out of the year. Otherwise, you couldn't find them. It was a big day when plums came to the little grocery store nearby. It's crazy how globalization has really worked, but... I feel when they truck the strawberries in in the middle of winter, they're not as good. Because you have to either do it hydroponically so that don't taste like much, or they, they get picked when they're super underripe, so that they ripen by the time they get to the grocery store. But it's not the good sort of ripen. Right. Like, you can taste a tomato that's been ripened in sun versus not. Yeah. Thank you for coming to our Fruity Fruit Minute. In this <laughs> in this essay, I will. <laughs> In our pop culture pop-up, there's a song that is uh, really transports me back to this time that is on the charts. It is Promiscuous by Nelly Furtado featuring Timbaland. I will probably recognize it if I hear it, but I don't think I would have sought it out. Oh, It, it was, was probably playing like at all the college dances, dance parties. I never went to any of those, but I definitely would listen to Top 40 radio stations. Oh, this was like between this year of college and like this fall. They changed one of the dances. It used to be Rainbow Rage. And it was super fun. Like Angry Gays? Rainbow Rage? (laughs) And so like that's when Like a Prayer became like my, and I believe in a thing called Love by the Darkness became my iconic college dance party songs. Yeah. And then it changed to, like, queer prom, and all the straight people stopped going. Oh. Because they're like, it's not for us. I'm like, it's coalition against homophobia. Like, you have a space in this mm. as well. But it was it was an odd tonal shift. Yeah. 
Brittany divorces cover Kevin Federline. Oh. But she's pregnant with their second child. Yeah, I you told me yesterday that she had two kids and I had no idea. Yeah, she's pregnant with her second right now in the summer of 2006. The TV, it, there are so many reruns. Even if you look at the Nielsen ratings for this time, something that's leading is reruns of CSI. <laughs> at all versions of CSI. I think they had two or three at this point. Yeah, and there, I'm sure there's still two or three still going. I uh, Yeah, I think this was that... Oh, what's her name? Like the goth chick? Paula Paletti? Polly? Polly Paletti. Yeah. I think this is where she started to get really popular as a character right around this time. Yeah. She was quirky and different. We love quirky. Yes. I said everyone. Nick Lachey and Jessica Simpson. They got a divorce. Oh. The storybook wedding from MTV... Their newlywed show where she asked if Chicken of the Sea was chicken or tuna. Oh, no. All of it gone. Is that also falling into that trope of, I'm a ditzy blonde, but I'm really not, but I have to portray myself as a ditzy blonde? I think so. Yeah. I have feelings about that, as you've heard. Yeah. Um. So, But he's still a smoke show to this day. Nick Lachey can get it. I have not heard you say the word smoke show as often as I have recently versus he, the whole time that we've been dating. He's very hunky. Did you know he hosted an acapella contest and he was the host. Ben Folds was a judge. Sarah Bareilles came on mm. as a judge eventually. And one of the guys from Boys to Men. Oh. They do a Christmas show with all the groups. And it was one of those shows where like... It's not a reality show based on drama and, like, ridiculously fabricated dramatic moments. It was a reality show based on people's talent. And it was so good. When was that on? I think shortly after this, after the divorce. Well, he probably had to pay those bills. Right. Yeah. But, like, then all three judges, like were legit great singers and then like occasionally they would do a song with the acapella groups oh so like mentors or just for fun for funsies like it wasn't a song that they would grade or rate or eliminate someone on but it was via this group featuring sarah Bareilles or ben folds and it is this around the time where pentatonics got to be a big thing that's the show that pentatonics came from okay Because acapella started to be a big thing. Then every college campus had an acapella group. Well, they have had acapella groups for a long time. Some of they them. They just became popular. Yeah. Like my college had three. A men's, a women's, and a mixed. Interesting. And yeah. I have an album from University of Oregon people, I think. That's mm. really good. I don't like the original versions of these songs, but the acapella version of Juliet is really good. Mm. And... Insomniac. The last item for our uh, pop culture pop-up this month, Pamela Anderson and Kid Rock got married. And isn't that now a show on something? No, Pam and Tommy? Is, yeah. They're making a show of it now. Absolutely not. Yes. Tommy 
Tommy is not Kid Rock. It's her first husband, or maybe second. Oh, well, I can't tell them apart. What? (laughs) I don't know who these people are outside of Pamela Anderson. He's from Motley Crue. Not a band I listen to. So sorry, dear listener, if you were just as offended as Daryl is right now. Yeah, like Sebastian Stan is not playing Kid Rock. We gays would not stand for that. (laughs) Is he problematic? Kid Rock? Yeah. He's like... A hardcore Republican Trumper thing. Mm. And he's fake. Kid Rock is fake as fuck. Oh. Like, you know how he came out in the late 90s and he's like, I'm straight out the trailer. He's like a rich white kid who put on this persona. Oh, no. Yeah. He's, uh, there's really nothing good about Kid Rock, even in retrospect. Like... He's singing all these songs and being all angsty. And it's like, yeah, you grew up in a gated community. Ugh. So in high school, I remember there being like some duet with him and someone else with like Cheryl a, picture, Crow. a picture frame. Picture yes. is what it's called. Yes. It's in a frame. It, yes. Some pictures tend to be. Yes. We should move on. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> now that we're done type on Nick Lachey. And Tommy Lee, who is not Kid Rock. Uh-huh. All right. So issue seven, the cover is a bunch of dupes being tossed out a window. Or is it just Jamie as a singular person being tossed out? And this is the progress of it. Yeah. Because the impact of hitting the window and like whatever force propelled him through is what gen- might have generated mm. all those dupes. So we will probably like many episodes end up giving many props to the art in this episode. So art is by Ariel Olivetti color art by Jose via Rubia letter by VCs, Corey Pettit or Petit. There's no E. So it should be, I know, Pettit, right? It should be Pettit, but typically Pettit has two T's in the middle. Oh, I am so friend. <laughs> you could watch Candide with Christian Chenoweth. We should write to Corey Pettit and ask him how he pronounces his last name. <laughs> what if it's something completely different than every podcast that credits I know. his art? I, it would blow our minds. The Ex-Wife podcast, similarly, we would finally figure it out. Yeah. So we get the art. We get a little synopsis. Yeah, our title page. Yeah, and after... So last issue was about Layla and some of it was her pretty, mystery. It was pretty serious, too. Right. It, was, it wasn't quite as pressing and urgent, but it was still legitimately great of an issue. So, although matters have settled down somewhat in Mutant Town after the events of Decimation, the X-Factor Detective Agency is still no closer to determining the reasons behind the disempowering of 90% of the world's mutants. In addition to dealing with that frustration, X-Factor was reeling over Sirens being accosted and beaten nearly to death. While Siren is on the mend, Guido and Jamie Madrox confronted Damien Tripp Jr., co-owner of Singularity Investigations, and their chief suspect in Siren's assault. The encounter ended inconclusively, although Tripp Jr. was, in fact, responsible for the assault. Meanwhile, X-Factor learned some of Layla Milla's background, including that she was an orphan and took her in on a semi-permanent and somewhat unofficial basis. What they don't know is that the facts, in quotation marks, they've learned are at odds with what she's told the X-Men, or that Layla was deeply involved in the decimation. Richter, however, remains suspicious of the newly nicknamed Butterfly, 
and is keeping a wary eye on her. This that you just read is in the Marvel Unlimited version, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. I'm reading electronic versions of the trade paperbacks, and it does not include that. That would have given me so much more information. Yeah. Reading through it. Like, it actually frames things and gives you context. And I open right up in this to the first page of action after the cover. And action it is because Jamie is being launched out a window. Yeah. But yeah. And this one almost stands out because it's so wordy, but it doesn't have the running gag that Layla knows stuff. It doesn't have like a weird cutting remark in there of Dr. Larry hanging around or like other random fun stuff. It's just like straight up context and facts. And I would have known that Layla interacted with the X-Men. I I didn't know that reading this the first time. Right. And that's one of those mysteries I want to know more about. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, we just got a Layla issue, but... Like you said last week, there's so much more to learn. Yeah. So So we just referenced it. The first page is a full page of Jamie being tossed out a window. And we know that this is the end result of him meeting with Damien Tripp Sr. Because we get Damien Tripp Sr.'s diary, like appointment diary of the day. And... There's some shady stuff. And the title of the issue is Two Meetings, One in Person, One Not. And then we flash back to earlier in the day. Yes. And Mandrox is talking to Rain. Rain is saying he wants to meet with you. And Jamie says he who, looking very hunky as he puts on his coat. Mm. With the his Mandrox shirt, the, his little iconography. Yeah. Which I think I still think is fun. Yeah, that they sort of like maintain these common motifs mm-hmm. for certain characters, and so she fills him in, and she's being super sarcastic, and he isn't quite picking up on it, and he's like, or, "I'll go," and she's like, "But you're setting a dupe, right?" Like this is not a smart situation if you have the ability to create a duplicate of yourself. Maybe send one of them instead. And he's like, no way, I'm not afraid to face the man. And she's like, you're an idiot. Like, just straight up, you're an idiot. And we, and there's a visitor asking about Siren. Where we cut to uh, Siren's room. We don't know who it is. Someone just comes in and they're like, how's Teresa doing? I need to see her. Yes. And Layla is helping Siren. She's still looking rough. There's bandages. And I feel like this is Layla trying to make up for the fact that she didn't prevent this. Mm. Even she, so Because she knew that it had to happen. Yeah. Under whatever circumstances. Yep. And so... And uh, Terry's like, I need a drink. And Layla quite rightly is like, if I give you a drink, I might as well just put a gun to your head. Like... You're a recovering alcoholic. That's not what you need right now. Right. You get root beer. Yep. On the tray. And with an orange, it looks like. Yeah. Should be and an, some citrus. We don't want Terry getting scurvy. Right. 
maybe Terry's taste buds are made of stronger stuff than mine to have those two things in quick succession. That would be that. That's a tongue mind fuck. Like, like an orange and a ruby. <laughs> like you can like feel the tingling on your tongue just thinking about it. Like you just know that it would be like cranberries and milk. Ooh. Ew. Yeah. I can't I, unless the cranberries are baked into like a cake. Oh or well, something. Well yes. But not Not like cranberry sauce. No. Anyway. <laughs> and Terry recognizes who it is. We turn the page. Who is it? It's Cyclops. It's Cyclops. It's the first time we've seen X-Men in this book. Yeah, that's true. The X-Factor has been sort of like under the radar, as it were. Yeah. Like, just hang out in Mutant Town. Mm-hmm. And not interacting with the greater world. And he has a package in his hand. And... And I was like, I'll leave. This is going to sound personal. Also, I'm sorry. And he says, like, what? What do you mean? What? And she's like, you'll you'll understand later. And Cyclops, as Layla leaves, says to Terry, what's she doing here? He knows her. Yeah. He knows her. Like the head of the X-Men. Yes. Knows this random teenage girl. Who's just been hanging around when everyone else is like, who are you and why are you here? And serving people oranges and root beer. <laughs> Sabotaging their taste buds. Yeah. And he covers it up. Like, he's being super sketchy right now. And, I, like, I know that there were rumblings that Cyclops is sort of the worst at times. And is this when is this in the time frame when he's the worst? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I feel I need to read X-Men around this time. To get more context around who they were and what they were doing. Who was even on the team? Because this was after New X-Men. This was after Morrison's run. Oh. Interesting. So, uh, but I think it's also after our friend Paul Dayspring over at Power of X-Men did a really phenomenal interview with someone who was involved with the X-Men right around that time. So there, and this is when there are so many different X titles too. There was Ultimate. Oh. There was a new and astonishing. There was Uncanny still was around. And this is after Decimation, so you'd think that there wouldn't be that many mutants left. And for there to be that many titles is interesting. Well, Ultimate, I guess there's many facets to Ultimate was in its own universe. There's the Ultimate Universe and the 616. Oh, that's right. And that's when, later on, like in 2014, we had Hickman resolve everything with Secret Wars. That's when the Ultimate Universe was collapsed into what we read now. Yes. And is this... I know X-Men versus Avengers comes after Decimation... Yes. But I wonder if it's before. I don't know where X Factor fits into it. Anyway. Yeah, I know. Cyclops I, I is think being this, real sketchy. I think AVX is like. It's after this. Okay. Yeah. Cyclops is like clearly covering up himself. Yeah, he's like, oh, I, after I, having slipped. I don't really recognize her. I mean, she's just some girl. What is she doing here? And <laughs> Siren's response was. She's Layla Miller. She knows stuff. Yay! It worked. The repetition. It's back. I love that running gag. (laughs) 
if Nostradamus was reborn as Wednesday Adams, that'd be her. It's true. It is. And Cyclops is not here on a fun task. No, this is a responsibility that is yours if you were the leader of the X-Men. And it's because someone died. Who yes. died? Banshee. Banshee's dad. It's... Yes. And uh, Terry is not... I. Her body language, is, she sort of freezes. Yeah. While he's talking to her. When he says that she was killed in action, and the next panels are just of Cyclops. And even after, when she is back in frame again, she maintains the same position that she was in before. Mm-hmm. And... He sees that she's not really responding, says there's going to be a reading of the will. But here's some personal effects. And Siren is like, reading his will? Why? Like, he's not really dead. And To be fair, she has read some X-Men comics in the past (laughs) where she's like, it's not real. No one's going to keep dead. I mean, they even make fun of how that happens in Star Trek Lower Decks, which they make fun of everything. Um, but there's a comment of all the different ways that someone comes back after being dead. Mm. And a character does, and they never tell you how. Yep. But here, we leave off with, from Psych and Terry and head over to Singularity Investigations. Where Damien Tripp is recording on Stardate Log. Yeah, it's Damien Tripp Jr. writing in his personal journal. And he doesn't know why his dad wants to meet with Mad Rocks. He's deferring to his dad's judgment, though. And he, But he knows it's not going to end well. Right. I mean, we know it's not going to end well. Yeah. Even before we had the images of Jamie being, flying through a window. Yep. Of a skyscraper. So, uh, Jamie walks into a meeting with Tripp's senior and junior. And it's one of those, I feel power offices where you don't have anything functional in it you Mm. have an oversized desk a single chair smaller than your chair behind the desk naturally Mm -hmm. like oh you have this sculpture of um romulus and remus suckling at the wolf mother so oh that is based on that's the myth surrounding the founding of rome and all that so there are some connotation in there that Trip thinks that he's building an empire that he's an emperor sort of thing yeah maybe he is Aeneas he is on a power trip no ha ha and like a cat on a pedestal is it a statue who knows yeah who knows but that's it like it's very austere naturally there's some like great big curtain probably for shady stuff yeah and they actually shake hands, and he has a seat, and yeah, Madrox tries to play dumb for having threatened Trip Jr. Oh yeah, in the park the other day. So <laughs> and Trip Jr. is like, it's hard to forget, you know, fifty faces. They're the same. Yeah, I still like the one that's just dangling from a tree. That would probably <laughs> came out and was just like, ooh, fun. I love trees. He's the gymnast one. I also love trees. Yeah, but, I mean, if you say the gymnast one, do you think that identical dupes come out at different times? 
like was that the gymnast one oh. or is that just like the one who's like i have these skills i might as well use them maybe because it's fun yeah and they get into the meeting jamie loves the guest chair and we learn that trip jr was doing some interior decorating because he picked out those chairs <laughs> and uh, trip senior offers to buy out singularity investigations by signing Jamie to an exclusive contract. And Jamie, it like laughs until he cries. Because <laughs> Jamie knows, as we know, like, this you is want what? Bu- <laughs> this is some bullshit. <laughs> this ragtag group? Yeah. And Trip Jr. in the background is like, what? <laughs> How? Like, there's a contract, there's a retainer. And uh, the. In this sequence, on these few pages where the meeting is happening, I noticed the font was different. I knew this was a dupe because the font was different. I've been so bad at trying to figure that out. Like, and all if it, but yeah, if there were not six panels on a page where you could compare Trip's dialogue to Jamie's dialogue, you wouldn't notice it. But it is so apparent when. There's so much talk coming from both of the trips. And then you see Jamie talking that it is a straight up different font. Oh, I have a smaller screen. Oh, you read panel to panel. Right. So there's not often multiple text bubbles and different dupes. Yeah. Um, But yeah, now that I'm zooming in side by side. Yes. And uh, Madrox clarifies... So is this all all of X Factor just me? And Senior is like, it's all of you. We'd put you on some cases. We'd pay you a minimum with also a generous like pay or play. Yeah. So um, what you? I think it's assumed they get commissions. It's very. Like trope evil genius, like the widow's peak, the arching eyebrows yeah. that go up, the steepled fingers. Yep. And you get like this dopey look on Jamie's face. Yeah, because the offer is $50 million for everything. Soup to nuts. And then the dopey look turns to like, what? Yep. And we go back to X Factor headquarters. And Guido comes in, and he doesn't know anything. So he's like, why the long faces? He doesn't know the Banshee's dead. And he doesn't necessarily know who Banshee is. Well, no. it's a, So Rain says Sean Cassidy is dead. And he thinks it's Sean Cassidy, brother of David Cassidy. Sean Cassidy was a singer in the 70s. David he was like, Cassidy was the heartthrob from the Partridge family. Yes. And Sean Cassidy was his younger brother. Oh. So... Uh, He's like, oh no, like that's too bad. You he know? did a cover of To Do Don To Do Ron Ron. He did. Honey Spectre, I think. Or is that the Crystals? I don't remember. I think it might be the Crystals. Yeah. And uh, Siren's like, you you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> it's Sean S E A N Cassidy Banshee. And then Vita's like, oh, oh, I do feel like an idiot. And uh, you haven't read Generation X. I have. Monet was really close because Banshee was one of the two heads of the school for them when Monet was in that. Oh. Yeah, it was Emma Frost and Banshee. 
So she was reasonably close with him. So she is... Maybe he was the cape inspiration for this amazing look. Oh, that might be. Uh, Teresa trundles in uh, with her cane and her bandaged head. And she's like, hey, everyone cool with Chinese for tonight? Because I'll go grab the menu. Like, we're just going to order in, okay? Everyone's dumbfounded. And she's like, what? No good? <laughs> and she she definitely goes on the... Half the X teams are always mourning the other half, thinking they're dead. If you think I'm falling it for it, you can just forget it. And it, she's really taking on the reader's mantra. Like I said, like, oh, Banshee's dead? Okay. Banshee just died again in the Krakoan age because Moira was wearing his face. But we know that they have resurrection protocols. Now, even back then, during this issue that we're discussing... Pre-resurrection. Pre-resurrection, they would still find a way... Banshee definitely came back again before Krakoa. I don't know how, but they wouldn't have let him just be dead from 2006 onwards. No. They didn't even let Gene be dead for more than, like, a few years in the 80s. Oh, yeah, because if new X-Men is before this, then she would have been back. Yes, that's when Gene came back from being dead... From the night, like, Jean's died. One of the times. Yes. Who knows which one? Um, and <laughs> Monet. <laughs> denial really isn't just a river in Egypt. Like, oof. Yeah, so uh, we can see that Teresa is definitely in the denial stage of grief. Yes. Like, fully in it, surrounded by it, not even close to an edge of it. Yeah, and I hope they have a good Chinese restaurant in the area. Good Chinese restaurants do not underrate them at all. It's hard to find a good one. It's true. And not, I mean, we grew up with the American version of Chinese. So uh, there are other places in our country even that have really great traditional Chinese food. I'm talking about Americanized Chinese, like crab rangoons, the fried rice. They always have to have like a real like white people section on their menu where it's like chicken strips (laughs) like um but i remember finding a really good one when i lived in massachusetts it what a hidden gem oh so i hope that she's in a similar situation so when she starts progressing through the grief she has some good comfort food oh yeah we're back in this business meeting and chips senior is like we felt it only respectful to make you a serious offer and Jamie said, oh, for this amount that you're offering us, we must be getting really close to something that you don't want us to find out. And the allegation that he makes is that singularity is behind the decimation. That they are covering stuff up regarding it. And that... They have talked to everyone who may have been involved. They're all saying they're not. And Trip Senior is like, how do you know they're not lying to you? He That seed has been planted. Yeah. And, and sort of like, you know, when you're looking for something and someone's like, you're getting warmer, you're getting colder. The business version apparently is our offer was too high. Mm-hmm. Like, clearly we have overestimated if you think that we are responsible for this event. Like, you clearly cannot be that great of detectives. Mm-hmm. So, why haven't you considered going in the opposite direction? Like, you mean interrogate our allies? Yeah. 
yeah. could be a thing. Um, and Trip Jr. is like, oh, so your friends, they'd never lie to you? They don't have cause? So they say. Yeah. And Madrox is... I don't know. I'm having feelings about how he's portraying himself here. Like, yeah. So they say. But I still think that you're the one who beat up Siren. Mm. Like, pivoting away from the you're getting colder mm-hmm. to something that he, where he has more firm ground underneath his feet. Har har. As he's being thrown out a window. Yeah, well, not but yet. Not, not yet. Teresa's back in her room opening this package Cyclops gave to her. And it's a tube with something in it. And a DVD, a burned DVD, marked to Teresa. And she's like, okay, I'll play along with this charade. Would she say charade or charade? I don't know. Charade. Maybe, I don't know. And P.S. Charade is a really good movie with Audrey Hepburn and Cary Grant. Highly recommend. The DVD starts playing... It's Banshee in front of Cassidy Keep, and he's like, well, I hope I died heroically and not just falling off a bar stool. And in this panel where it says, like, hello, Terry, there, you sort of see her face and her eyes get wide, but then, like, the next two images of her, she's like, hey, da. Mm-hmm. And, like, for a brief, briefest of second... There is a reality that it might be true. Mm-hmm. And then she just shut that down. Yeah. The art is so good. We learn that Terry recently took on the last name of Cassidy. She was previously going with her paternal grandmother's last name of Rourke. Ah. And... We basically get the rundown. You get Cassidy Keep. It's just a castle, though. Money's heartless. And I'll be leaving you something more. Don't mind the horse. It's just here for my dramatic exit. (laughs) (laughs) And I gotta say, I like Banshee's look here. It's very, like, what the 70s would think of as debonair. Mm. And he doesn't have, like, the full mutton chops, which, thank goodness. Yeah. Mutton chops are... I think mutton chops in an ex-book communicate Hellfire Club. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I... Hellfire Club only, or Logan. And not the fun... Not not Emma Hellfire Club. No. Well, sort of, yes. Well... Actually. It, yes. When you like... read some of the stuff from the 80s, it's definitely 80s Hellfire Club. Emma is the white queen. Sebastian Shaw with mutton chops. With... Would that be before Donald she was... Blondie Pierce? Ooh. Would that be before she was as awesome as she is now? Or yeah. was she always awesome? Well, she was no. She was, she was a villain. She's a villain. Yeah. Anyway, 70s debonair. He just has the long sideburns, which is fine. Um and it reminds me of the X Men no, Secret X Men when Sunspot makes a team and he's like, I would <laughs> I would choose Boom Boom because she's hot. I would choose Banshee because he's hot. (laughs) (laughs) Except he has mutton chops in that one. No. Anyway, he basically rides off into the sunset on a horse in front of a castle. Mm -hmm. And we're intercut with some dialogue going back to the business meeting. 
Yeah, but it it was still like, and if in terms of departing videos, it was really nice. Like, yeah. I'm super proud of you. I love you lots. Yeah, like, yeah it's a touching moment. Good feels. Yes. Good but sad feels. The business meeting is progressing to threats. Where Madrox is saying, you're going down to trip Senior. And Senior's like, you first. And he and throws him with his finger. He has a power. And a very... I mean, granted, Madrox... He has some fingering the, powers. Madrox threw the accusatory finger first, but Trip Senior threw it best. It's like a fucking Jedi throw. This yeah. is like throwing Samuel L. Jackson out of a window during a lightsaber duel level of shit. Oh, yeah, that happened. Yeah. And the parting words are, you really should have sent a dupe. Yeah. So that means they heard that conversation between yeah. Rain and Jamie. It's true. And luckily, they were dupes. They were. Jamie's standing on another rooftop. He absorbs the dupes in a very, like, fluid way. Mm-hmm. It is, it's, seems very different from the Madbox miniseries, where it was, like, this golden light effect. Mm-hmm. It's more smoky. Yeah, maybe it's, like, an evolution of, like, his level one power is the golden outlines, mm-hmm. and then he leveled up to be able to absorb them from across the room. Now he can absorb them from across the street and yeah. a few stories up. And it becomes more fluid rather than golden outline. Yeah. And he, he knows Trip Senior has a secret and he calls on his communicator. It's hilarious because it's just a, a circle that he holds up to his ear to talk. <laughs> like a cell phone, but is this big tracker that we saw previously in the alleyway. Right. Which I thought was like... Just like a beep, beep an radar thing. On, like a thing, an accessory on yeah. their belts or something. No, it's a cell phone in a circle shape. Yeah. Still kept on his belt, though. <laughs> and uh, Trip Jr. Uh, talks to his dad and said, you shouldn't have tri- tipped your hand that way. You... You sort of blew up our spot. And Trip Senior said, it's going to happen eventually. Everyone lies. <laughs> to each other, to themselves. Yep. And it, that seed that he planted, he knows is going to start eating away at Jamie. Yes. And he Trip Senior ends with the line, let him stick that in his pipe and smoke it. Which brings us back to Siren. The thing that was in a cylinder was just a tobacco pipe. Or maybe not. Maybe it's full of, like, weed. Maybe. Maybe she needs to relax. Maybe it's from the Shire. Maybe oh, it's that good leaf. It is. And. And uh, we end with her saying, I. He'll be back. He's yeah. not fooling me. Nope. Not for one minute. Nice try. And, like, as it pulls away from her and then she's just left in darkness, like, nice try. Yeah. Ugh. What an end. Yeah. So many feels. And like Siren is really being put through the ringer. Yeah. And this is a character. I mean, I read her in the Krakoan age a little bit. Like she hasn't even been in it. She was a little bit in X Factor. Yes. When she was like dying. All the time. Yes. And we didn't know why. And then she is at the end of that run. 
Yeah. With the Morrigan? Yes. Um, and she uses her, like, the first time I saw her use her power of attraction with her voice was when she used it on Polaris. When oh. Polaris was a part of X Factor. Yeah. So I haven't read a whole bunch of Siren outside of X Factor Investigations, and I really like her character. Right? She's super good. And I mean, even outside of being badass in yeah. while she's being kidnapped and like not afraid of that guy. Yeah, we are seven issues in, and I super care about this character and what she's up to. Yeah, like her and Richter are the ones that I feel for the most. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited to see how this sort of develops. Is it a thing in the future? Is it not? Does grief play a role in her journey? Based on what we've seen, I would, I would, unless something big comes along to derail that train, it's a train I want to be on and like see how she as a character incorporates it, deals with it, like finally accepts the reality Mm -hmm. of what happened to her dad. Yeah. Like it's all really interesting stuff. It is. We got really good character moments. And action, we we mixed in the really tough emotional moments with Jamie doing business. Yeah, I mean, sometimes humorously, so there's still, like, little dashes of that to sort of lighten the mood a little bit or, like, cut through the really serious parts. Mm-hmm. And it's just so well done. Yeah, and it makes me, again, you close this issue with, Terry left in darkness and you want to read more about her just like last issue you wanted to know more about Layla Miller yeah it's very tight writing yes they're like you say they're building these mysteries up and doing it really well yeah so yeah highly recommend this issue yes it's continuing the storylines and there are groundbreaking things Banshee's dead yeah, in a very real permanent way, apparently. Yeah. They're doing a reading of the will. Yep. So uh, I'm excited to see what happens next issue, because next issue starts the Civil War tie-in. Yeah. Oh, no. Is that going to be the big thing that derails this character train that she that Teresa's on? I hope not. Is there anything from the letters page that stuck out to you? Because it, for some reason, this issue doesn't even have the included letters page. It's... This trade paperback version of this volume, like these uh, six or so issues, is kind of sad. I really like the letters column. There's a note from Peter David. And talking about some of the creative process and the editor. And someone is like, I loved your Nighthawks reference. That was in the previous issue mm-hmm. when um, it opens with Richter at the early morning cafe looking for Teresa. Yeah. So there was a shout out about that. Sent via email, which is such an I know. odd thing. Like that they didn't know what was sent in via letter and what was sent yeah. in via email. And they put the dude's email address down on there. Interesting. They haven't done that previously. Yeah. Like... I wonder if this we, person just got a whole bunch of replies. Being we should like, email. If he tells it the hotmail. Yeah. 
I mean, who has a Hotmail anymore? Um, but yeah, this person is really into the Siren Richter focus. Um, other people picked up on the art. Blah, blah, blah. Um, fanboy letter. This is my new current favorite of the X titles. Love these characters. And what's going to happen with Civil War, which basically comes down to a read and see. Yeah, and regarding X titles, I haven't read any of the other X titles from around this time, but it would be really hard to beat this. I think anything I read from around this time that's X-related is just going to pale in comparison to X-Factor. There was X-Statics? Oh yeah, X-Statics. And they just started that, right? Yes. It's really fun. I read it this past winter on the recommendation of Scott Free. Oh. Yeah. Do, do, do. Men Oaks would be a good candidate for government recruitment. Oh, so people are starting the Civil War buzz. Yeah. So Peter David said, matters are going to come to a head, and not only is Quicksilver involved, but issue 9 is going to feature a face-off with none other than the Astonishing X-Men, which is more of a reveal, I feel, than I've seen in the letters pages. Yeah. Normally it's like, read and find out. But this is like giving some stuff away. It's still in a... Yeah. To find out how and why. Yeah, so we know Quicksilver will be back. Yeah. An old member of the X-Factor back but, in the day. But where and how that happens should surprise you. So, yeah. Yeah. It's sort of like how I feel about spoilers. I don't care if I know. I care more about how we got there and, the, like, the whole, mm. like, consequences of it rather yeah. than, like, the event itself. And then other people are like, don't you dare tell me any single thing about it. Yeah. Me. Yes. Um, what do you think about Quicksilver coming back? I don't know much about him in this time frame. I feel like overall, I'm not that big a fan of him. Okay. But I don't know what I'm basing that on outside of just like the movies where he's a villain. Oh. Or Dick. Yeah. Or both. But he is sort of a hero in some of the movies. That's true. When Evan, what's his name? Played him? Oh, yeah, in the Fox movies. Yeah. And then in even the MCU, he becomes a hero. Oh, yeah, the other version. So what am I based... I, there's something that left a mark of, like, Quicksilver's a dick. Oh, well, we'll I, find out. Yeah. and uh, Hopefully. And uh, I don't want to... Um, Skip mentioned this is the last week of our Flippy giveaway. So get those entries in. Yeah. Make sure you check out the post on our Instagram page about it. So don't go on random ones and enter info. It needs to be on the flippy giveaway post so that we can reward one very lucky follower or listener with a flippy. So you can lounge about and read your comics in comfort and style. Find the angle that works best for you in your preferred lounging position. Yeah. um, Because at each the three sides is a different angle. Yeah. How cool is that? It's well engineered. And I just used mine the other night when I was reading a trade paperback. It's super handy so I didn't have to just keep holding it open because my hand gets tired after a while. Yeah. When you're holding a book open, like, it will cramp up. I'm in my mid-30s. It's like... Ma'am. <laughs> it, it is a, like book arthritis where you're just holding it there and then you have a claw formed. You're like peeling the book out of your hands and you still have a claw. Flippy helps you with that. So And with the really large omnibuses that are 
a bear oh, they to are. hold and yeah. like even putting it on your lap to read, then you're like bending down, looking. You're in a really uh, hunched over, which is probably not good for no, your not, spine and no. posture. So uh, uh, make sure you check out the post about Flippy. Our friends over there are generous enough to be giving away one of their products um, as a result of this. So check them out. And even if you don't win, put it on your Amazon wish list. They're on Amazon. And. Um, find something that works for you. If someone asks you, what do you want for your next birthday? A, a flip, flippy. A flippy. And send them that link. So um, we're really excited. I can't wait to see who wins. I'm going to start calling it a flip it, like bop it, flip it. Oh. Like those games from our ch- our youth. Yeah. Which I never really liked bop it. We never had one. I always I... wanted one. We had a Simon Says. Oh, Simon Says sucks. Yeah. Like the lights and everything, and after five minutes, you're just done with it. Yeah. But I'm also done with Bop It. Like, I feel a friend had one, and I played it, and then it went too fast, and I was like, I don't want to play this anymore. It's no cookie counter. Oh. With Cookie Monster. Yeah, it's juggling cookies, and you had to hit the arrows at just the right time, and it's beep, 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 and many hours of my youth were spent playing on the cookie counter. <laughs> All right, everyone. So make sure to check us out on Instagram. We are at X Factor Files Podcast. We post a lot of random stuff in addition to things relating to the issues that we are covering each week. Leave your thoughts and feelings. Check out the stories of Magazine Mondays. Yeah. All the things. Yeah, we have Tunes Day where we profile the song we talk about each week in relation to the issue. So check us out. It's we'll fun. We'll have to find some... Thirst Chap pictures from Nick Lachey. Yes. Oh, yeah. I definitely have to. All right, everyone. We will catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.